0: Good morning and welcome to media day for the college football playoff semifinal at the All-State Sugar Bowl. We're now joined by head coach Steve Sarkeesian from the University of Texas. Coach, if you would start but with a brief opening statement, we'll then open the floor to questions. Thank you. Yes, well, good morning, everybody. Uh, I'd I'd just first like to thank the folks here at the Sugar Bowl. This has been a uh, tremendous experience, Uh, the hospitality uh, the, the efficiency in which they've allowed us to operate and prepare for the ball game has been tremendous. Uh, can't thank them enough. The city of New Orleans, um, just an uh, unbelievable honor to be here, uh, to be part of the, the, the college football playoff. Uh, I know that our team has worked extremely hard to get to this point. Um, we, we recognize we are playing an extremely good opponent in the University of Washington that is talented, that is well coached um that is prepared uh week in and week out and so um that's the exciting part uh to be part of this final four uh to be playing for for a shot for a national championship you know i think that that's why our our guys came to the university of texas and so the idea that we're here this year uh is like i said a great honor it's a great accomplishment um and so we're looking forward to the ball game monday night well now open it up for questions please wait for a microphone to ask your question and once again, please identify yourself by name and media outlet. Thank you. We'll start right here in the front row. Uh, Sork Pat Forty from uh, Sports Illustrated. Uh, you've installed uh, Culture Wednesdays, I guess, and I talked to the players. they seemed to that seemed to resonate with them quite a bit. I'm wondering the idea behind that, and then what you've shared with the team in those situations. Yeah, you know, I think that um, you know we we have an adage that that culture beats talent, <laughs> uh, but culture and talent combined is extremely dangerous. And so, you know, when, when when you take over a program, you're trying to figure out where are your issues, you know, what are the issues, and I don't think anybody ever felt like uh, our issue was lack of talent or lack of resources. Um and so, okay, so where, where's the issue? And sometimes it takes a minute to figure that out. And I just felt like culturally um, we needed to get better. We needed to get more connected. We needed to get more vulnerable. We needed to get honest with one another so that we played more for one another than playing for ourselves. And um, to do that, I just felt like it was important for me to, to show them how and what that looked like. And so I became very open, transparent, honest Uh, I didn't want them to judge me by what y'all wrote. I wanted them to judge me for who I was. And that's why I've always given my story every year. I tell them exactly my story, where I'm from, how I was raised, where I went to school, where I worked, why I went to rehab, all the things that, that, that has transpired in my life to get me to this point so that they could get to know Steve Sarkeesian, the man, as well as the coach. And... I was hopeful that that would open the door to them to want to become vulnerable, to want to be honest with one another so that they could have some empathy for one another for what somebody has been through to get to this point in their life. Um, and then that just started it. Um, you know, I, I really believe that culture is organic. Uh, I don't think it's a sign up in your team room. I, I don't think it's a t-shirt that you hand out uh, that you wear around all summer. I believe it's, a, it's organic, that it grows naturally. Um, and so we take our time with it. And it's not, hey, we do one culture meeting at the start of training camp and forget about it. We, we literally do it every single week. Uh, we find different topics and different things to talk about. Um, and, I, and I really appreciate our players and our staff for, for buying into that idea. And, and uh, I think early on you're trying to figure out what are we doing? You know, how does this relate to football? But I, I believe it does relate to football. I believe that it equates to uh, getting a fourth and, uh, you know, a fourth down stop against Kansas State. I believe it, it relates to a third and 12 conversion against TCU. I believe it relates to a fourth and one stop against Houston. You know, when, when in those tough moments that you can count on one another, rely on one another, that it's not just about me, it's about everybody doing their part. And so, um, like I said, I think it's been a great experience. Uh, I do believe that being a head football coach at in, 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 in our level, uh, I know we're trying to, to minimize that with, with the transfer portal and NIL and all these things, but I feel like we have a responsibility to raise these guys and to be quality men in society. And to do that, we have to expose them to these types of conversations, um, help them along the way, understand there's going to be bumps in the road, uh, that ultimately when they come out on the other side, they're going to look back this on their experience at the University of Texas, uh, and say, I'm glad I did that because I'm a better father, I'm a better husband, I'm a better friend, I'm a better CEO, I'm a better teammate, whatever it is that they go on to do. So um, super, like I said, super thankful for these guys for, for buying into that and, and really drilling down into it because I think it's changed our program. We'll stay here right here in the front row.- Ralph Russo from the Associated Press Sorry, they're just playing off of that when you talk about guys buying in. Uh, I guess, who would be some of the guys who were important buy-ins? In other words, maybe guys who bought in and then led others to say, hey, we got to get on board with this. Yeah, no, when you look at it, when we got there uh, three years ago, naturally, here's a new head coach, All right, What's this gonna look like? We're just coming out of COVID. Uh, there was a lot of things happening in in society. There was There was social injustice, civil unrest. There was a lot of things going on. And so I just felt like to be authentic early on was important. Fast forward now, three years later, those guys that are still on our team today that were here three years ago, all of those guys were critical, right? Jordan Whittington, Tavondre Sweat, uh, Byron Murphy, uh, Xavier Worthy, uh, Jaron Thompson, Jod A. Barron, I'm naming a few, right? Christian Jones, all those guys that were here and they're still here when they could have left, they could have went in the portal, um, that that stuck it out. I think those were the guys that bought in that were critical that are helping our younger players. Now, there are two guys that I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that I think were huge in that was – was Bijon Robinson and Roshan Johnson. Uh, because I thought those guys really um, carried the flag for what we were trying to do in our program when very easily those two guys could've went somewhere else. And and they, they committed to this thing and uh, DeMarvion Overshone's another guy in that group. Um, and so in the end, you know, when we won the Big 12 Championship, um, you know, Roshon and, and Demo were there and I said, man, this is your championship as much as it is these guys that are, that are playing here today because without those guys early on we would not have been able to get to the point we are today now these three-year players have been critical to that and instilling that culture into our younger players as they come into the program we we'll go to the left side Coach over here, Farhan Lalji from TSN. I want to ask you about two players specifically and where you've seen the biggest growth in their games from last year to this year. One is Tavondre, the other Quinn. Well, I think Tavondre, um, you know, probably the biggest growth that I've seen in him is, well, there's two things. One is his ability to play consistent football f- for an extended period of time. He, he always had the flash plays in him. Um, and he still does, and we, we see the we see the blocked extra points, uh, we see the fourth and one stops, we see the the touchdown catches, or you know, last week in in the championship game. But what I see is a guy who's playing quality football for four quarters, uh, isn't taking plays off, and so that's a real credit to him that he's found that level of consistency to play at. I think the second thing is him understanding. Uh, how to lead and what being a leader looks like. And he's always had a kind of a polarizing figure in our locker room that way. Uh, but I think he's taken it and, and really used it to become a really quality leader. Uh, I appreciate him because he supports our message, uh, and there's nothing better than when the players in the locker room are supporting the head coach that are your leaders, because naturally that everybody else is going to gravitate to that and want to do the same. So those are probably two things that jump out to me for him. From Quinn's perspective, you know I think naturally understanding the system, right, systematically of of where, why, and how the ball's supposed to go to where it's supposed to go. Uh, I think that all started um, all the way back in January. You know, when when we came out of last year's bowl game, I thought Quinn's made a real commitment to become a great player. Um, And we all saw him cut the mullet and shave the beard. But what he did with his diet, the work ethic that he had, all winter conditioning, the, the separate throwing sessions with the wideouts to really be on the same page with those guys outside of the work that we were requiring them to do. I think all of that added up to he's played at a high level and that the guys around him believe in him. And so, you know, when he went down earlier this year, uh, we knew it was going to be a challenge to get through the next couple games without him, and we found a way to do that. Uh, and when he came back, I knew he wasn't quite one hundred percent, but I knew that we would play even better around him because he is that guy that can lift people up. And he's finally got himself back healthy, and I think it's shown here the last couple of ball games of the type of player that he really is. And he's uh, what I also love about him is the bigger the moment, the the more calm and cool the guy is. You know, he plays at a really high level uh, when his best is needed, and um, that's a sign of a really good quarterback. We'll stand the left side front row. Coach Sarkeesian, good morning. Terry Middleton with Horns Illustrated. Good morning. So everyone knows you as the great play caller. Coach Flood talked about yesterday your ability to uh, change the plays in real time. Players recognize it when they're on the sideline when you get going. This morning I saw your post and you said relentless. When you construct your game plan, is that what you're after? And then being relentless for the entire game, not letting up? Well, I I think – you know, appreciate you following my post, but, <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, all I really try to do when, when we're calling the game is put our players in the best position to be successful so that hopefully we can win the ball game. And, you know, a lot of times people, and it's natural as a fan, I'm, I'm that way too when I'm a fan, like the plays that work, those are the good calls, right? And the plays that don't, why do you call that? Um, And so I try to remove the emotion of it, and I try to call the best plays available um, to put our players in position to be successful. And sometimes they're the really cool, fun plays, and sometimes they're the not-so-sexy, you run the ball in between the the, the A-gap and you you pound it in there because there's some attitude behind that. And so, um, you know... I think most people would think, well, he's on a roll is because I'm calling all the stuff where there's people going every different which way and so on and so forth. But sometimes I'm on a roll when we run it three or four times in a row because I know we need to get momentum back on our side. I know our defense may need a rest, things of that nature. So um, I just try to think big picture. I try to think just beyond how many points are on the board at the moment. I try to think big picture what's the score going to be at the end of the ball game? And uh, – I love that aspect of the game. I love, I love digging into it. Um, most people say, you know, they ask me, what's your hobby? What I do is my hobby. I love what I get to do every single day. And so um, relentless to me is that I, I just keep digging. You keep going. Um, and that doesn't mean that you call everything that you dig for, but at least you have a little bit of understanding of, okay, these are all the things that potentially I could do. Here's the plan. This is what we want to get done. Go to the right side, front row. Ross Dellinger, Yahoo Sports. Sarka, I think 10 years ago this month, you you left Washington after five years there. Um, I, I know it might seem like a different lifetime after everything that's going on in your life the last 10 years. But when you look back on that, how much of a different person were you there than you are now? And what maybe did you learn from experiences there that now help you with, at Texas? Yeah. Yeah. Um... I'd say first and foremost, like, I loved my time at the University of Washington. Um, there's great people at that university. There's great people in the city of Seattle. Um, I would not be here today if it weren't for those five years at the University of Washington. And and if it weren't for, uh, you know, Scott Woodward and Mark Emmert and, and them taking a chance on a guy who had never been a head coach before at 34 years old. Um and, and I always say when, when you take over a program and, and you end up leaving, whether you decide to leave or they decide it's time for you to go, because it always goes one of two ways, okay, uh, is the program in, in a better spot today than it was when you got here? And I think I can unequivocally say that we were able to do that. Um, and so I was proud of what we were able to accomplish at Washington um, and, and the relationships that I was able to forge with the people there, with the players that we recruited. Um, and I'm proud of what they've been able to accomplish since I've left, you know, what coach Peterson was able to come in and do, um, what coach DeBoer is doing now. Um, there's a lot of pride in that university and that football program. Uh, and so looking back on it, I'm glad that I have somewhat of an impact on where they are today because I felt like we did some really good things. And so I'm very grateful, very thankful for that opportunity, um, And like I said, I think it shaped who I am today for those five years that I got a chance to have there.